Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Five Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. News starts in this episode with some Patch Tuesday warnings. It has been reported that in some cases, KB4088875 and 88878 can cause issues with VMs running with VMXNet3 set for the network adapter. The patch appears to drop the IP. Some pick back up the connection by themselves, others may require a reboot in order to fix the ghosted NIC issue. You'll definitely want to patch, however, as this round of patches addresses 75 security bugs and 15 critical flaws. A particularly nasty vulnerability has been patched. This vulnerability allows attackers to use a protocol bug in Windows RDP to steal session authentication and take over a network domain. The advice for this is to patch and also make sure your Windows firewall is turned on. Before I get away from security vulnerabilities, there's also one to report on the macOS side. Ars Technica reported on a Mac calendar app which provides extra quote-unquote free features in return for using users' resources for cryptocurrency mining. It was reported that there's an option to disable the cryptocurrency mining. However, it was suggested that that option to disable it may not have been working. So if you manage Macs in your environment, you may want to consider looking at the various different apps that your users are downloading. Don't just trust that Apple's QA is going to pick up on absolutely everything. I mean, that probably goes without saying anyway. In some more Microsoft news, Microsoft have shared the fact that they have opened new data centers in Switzerland and the United Arab Emirates, as well as increasing Azure options for Germany and officially opening Microsoft Cloud in France, with services becoming available there in the near future. This is of pretty critical importance right now with the European Union General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, coming into a full effect as of May 25th, 2018. If you're not familiar with GDPR, it is an attempt for the European Union to regulate and control uh, data privacy for its citizens. And with some concerns which have been very publicly fought, such as the Microsoft case in its Dublin data center trying to get the US government to give up its case of trying to get emails from the Dublin data center, these large organizations like Microsoft really need to start plotting out how they conduct business and handle European citizens' data to be in compliance with this new GDPR regulation. Interestingly, I recently saw this week that Citrix Synergy actually features a session in its session catalog related to Citrix Cloud and this new GDPR regulation. Back to more Microsoft news. Patch Tuesday did not just bring patches for the operating systems you've got deployed out there today. It also brought some updates for future products on the roadmap, such as Project Honolulu, which is the Microsoft successor for Windows Server Manager. This recent update has fixed 430 bugs in Project Honolulu version 18.03. It's added some new features like Azure Active Directory-based access control, which allows you to use AAD identities to configure conditional access policies that require multi-factor authentication, device compliance, and more. 
There's also been many UI changes to allow for better customization and scaling of the dashboard. There's also been some updates to the remote server administration tools insider preview. Windows 10 preview build 17123 is also released and Microsoft have confirmed Windows 10 spring update will be coming in April with 18 months of support. And in some other news, Let's Encrypt have now gone live with their site for providing free wildcard certificates. This is awesome for bloggers. I have paid for certificates in the past from my own site. Now I have a free option in the future. If you have a site, it's definitely worth checking out as Google have started to penalize sites which are not encrypted in their search results. UMessage this week released Cloud Paging 9.1 with enhanced data roaming capabilities for non-persistent VDI and desktop as a service. Also featured is enterprise portal integration with UMessage's hosted service for on-premises, cloud-based, and hybrid customers. And probably the biggest feature, at least in my opinion, is SCCM integration. So you can now deploy your cloud paging applications from SCCM natively, just like you would for any other application type within the SCCM console. For anybody using Citrix who also has Sophos in their environment, there's been multiple reports of people having issues on their Citrix VDA machines after installing the latest auto-update of Sophos' antivirus software. It appears it causes significant delays when launching applications. So if you do use Sophos and you also use Zen App or Zen Desktop, be aware of this issue. In some community news, I'd like to say congrats to Christian Riley, who has been appointed CTO for all business units of Citrix. Christian has been a great advocate for the community, so his appointment is very exciting for the community as a whole. And now for this week's hot jobs. Earlier this week, there were two new job postings for Citrix in Cambridge. One is a cloud ops role, and the other is a customer quality engineer slash sysadmin role. The opportunity is pretty exciting. You'll be working with the Citrix cloud products and engaging with the Citrix engineering teams to help build and operate services to help improve, the, improve experiences for Citrix customers. And now for this episode's scripts, tricks, and tips. And this episode features a very cool script from my friend Aaron Parker down in Australia. This is actually a PowerShell module which you can use for installing any and all supported versions of Visual C++ redistributable, of which there are many. Module not only allows you to install all of them in a pinch, but it also has commandlets to get the versions of Visual C++ as well as to install in a more modular fashion if you would like. The script is perfect for using with MDT and SECM for operating system deployments. It's also handy for me personally when creating my AppV sequencer VMs as I like to have all versions of Visual C++ on the sequencing VM as I disable the option within the sequencer to dynamically detect those Visual C++ redistributables during sequencing. It's also very handy for PBS images if you're creating those with Citrix app layering you may want to add that into your OS layer as I do. As always, 
links for the stories and different things like the script that I've referenced in this episode can be found in the YouTube description as well as on my site, RoryMon.com. Thank you so much for listening.